All right. This is a day I can't think of a good intro for this podcast. Are you getting this lame ass intro from me? I'm George. Welcome to Gold Derby Horses. Uh, we have uh, Tristan on. Hello. Jasmine. Hello. And then we have a guest. We had him on last year. We're having him on this year. Uh, Hunter Friesen. Oh, yes. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you t- took me back after, you know, some incorrect predictions last year I made. But, you know, back at it again to do better. And yeah. Marks better. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember I said French Dispatch might be a nomination leader. Oops. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, I, I wanted it to be. It didn't. Speak for yourself. I never thought that. Could not have been yeah. more wrong. I couldn't have been more wrong. And I didn't even see Drive My Car or Worst Person in the World last year at Cannes. So I was like, wow, I really just dropped the ball in terms of Oscar there. So one of the movies you did not see is now going to be an Oscar contender. Probably. <laughs> Somewhere in this bunch is going to be a big one. All right. So the reason why we had him on last year is the same reason we're having him on this year. We're talking about Cannes. The Cannes Film Festival, most prestigious film festival in the world. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's fair to say. Uh, so um, we're just going to talk about, you know, the movies and such. You know, we'll talk about see if they're Oscar contenders or not. We'll talk about, you know, if they're look forward, worth working forward to, all that good stuff. Um so first and foremost, uh, same thing as last year. I'm going to start by asking Hunter, uh, what movies did you not get to see at the festival? Mm. Okay. Well, I got to see out of the 21 in competition, I watched 11 in the competition. The ones that slipped through the cracks, though, will say that um, the, what do they call it? The 75th anniversary winner, the, the made up prize they had to do just the, because they wanted oh. to. <laughs> Tori and uh, Lokita or something. Tori and Lokita by Jean-Pierre and Luc Darden. The problem with um, is either uh, a movie is either three hours long or 80 minutes long and they can't fit in the schedule perfectly. So they just put it in the middle of two movies and it never works. And that's always what happens with the Dardens because they make short movies. So that one didn't get in there. I wasn't able to see that one. But I'm okay with that because I kind of know what a Darden movie is going to be. It's going to be great, but it's going to be a social drama. So, uh, other one, RMN. I was planning on mm. seeing it, but then other plans came up and I didn't see it. So I figured I could wait. But um, not seen as a great, I mean, all Christian Munju films are good or great, but this one isn't seen as his greatest hit. So I wasn't too worried about it. Um, Layla's Brothers. I also heard that one was really good, but again, uh, opposite the Dardens, that movie's three hours long, so it's kind of hard to fit that one in there. I was just like, uh, usually if it's three hours long, you have to sacrifice two movies to see it because it overlaps, so I didn't want to make that commitment. So I'll, I heard it was good, but I'll catch up later. Uh, EO by oh. Jersey Skolomowski. Skolomowski. Oh, the, the donkey no. movie? The donkey yeah, movie. The no. donkey movie. No. no. I, heard that, I heard that was Al- really good, actually. Like, yeah, that was the problem. I was like, oh, I might see it if time allows. And I was like, oh, I, didn't, I can't see it. And then it, like, it wins. It's like tied for third place. It's like, ah, damn it. I should have seen it then. Oh, well. I saw so many people call that like their favorite of the festival. I'm like, okay. I know. I was like, there was there was quite a few people I talked to that didn't like it. But then there's other people who had like top three. I was like, oh, so it's like, love it or hate it. I was like, oh, damn. EO sweet. <laughs> yeah, the what other country, one tied with. I think that one. They said they filmed it in Italy, but I don't know what like for Oscar consideration what it would fall under. I don't exactly know. It, uh, well, it says all right, country of origin. It says Poland and Italy, so okay, I so guess I'm, Poland. Yeah, Poland. Poland, take it. Poland. Okay, so Poland. Yeah. Probably. Okay. So move over, um, Pavel oh, Pavlikovsky. Follow the else. life of a donkey. Okay, I love that. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah. The other movie it tied with third place was Eight Mountains by Felix von Granigan. He did um Beautiful Boy a few years ago, so he's yep. looking to rebound. Unless unless you guys like that movie. I love that movie. And okay, it was, there you it was, go. It took me, I watched it, okay. it four times and I didn't like it Ooh. the first three times. And the fourth time it finally clicked. I All right, well, there you go. Jesus yeah. Christ. I wanted to watch it so badly. 
I'm not watching it. Why did you watch it three times? Three more times. Why? Yeah, I watched wow. it until I liked it. I hey, it, I guess it, it worked. I'm not watching it again. <laughs> Well, I thought it was okay, so we're just going to run the whole gamut here. But this is this new movie that's in Italian. I think it's an Italian production, The Eight Mountains, which I heard was very good. I didn't get to see that one as well. Again, one of those, just one of those movies I just couldn't fit in the schedule. Anytime it played, it was playing against something else I wanted to see more. So it is what it is. But, uh, and then uh, last one, Boy from Heaven by Tariq Saleh who mm-hmm. had the new movie, The Contractor, out, that Chris Pine movie that nobody watched. He had that movie oh, out a few weeks ago, and then yeah. he has this movie. I'm like, this man's just working. <laughs> that director has this weird movie I watched for this uh, can challenge where I watched every um, movie that was in competition for uh, a movie from a di- from every director that had a movie in competition this year. So mm-hmm. the one I picked for um, him is this movie called Metropia, which is this very weird animated dystopian movie with Vincent Gallo in the in the lead role. Ooh. I'm yeah. just looking at I'm just looking at one picture and you yeah, you're you're definitely it's, right. It's, it's really creepy. Yeah, this looks weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's very Yes, weird. but this one this this new one was um not a spy thriller but akin to that people are talking about it what best screenplay. So I was like, "Oh, well yeah. that that sounds pretty good then I'll It's Egyptian, so um there's another, you know, country right there represented. But those were the those were the like four or five movies that I like wanted to see that I couldn't. And then there's another couple that I didn't see, but I had no priority for them. So it is what it is. Hmm. Yeah. So I think that knocks out three um, award winners. Yeah, that's the one thing I was I was worried. I was like, it's going to be the ones I didn't watch. They're going to win big prizes. It's about a half and half. So at least at least least that worked out. So. So. I think now um, going into that, uh, let's start with the uh, the Palm Door winner, which was of course uh, Morbius. <clears throat> yes, yes. <laughs> they put it back in theaters just for that. I will quit this podcast, Jordan. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> okay, no, uh, no. In, in actuality, the Palm Door winner was of course uh, Ruben Oslin's Triangle of Sadness. It's a second Palm Door after the Square. Uh, which is a movie that I liked, but didn't love. But mm-hmm. for whatever reason, Triangle of Sadness, I'm infinitely more interested in and think I might like, this might be one of my favorite movies of the year. Mm. Yeah, I'm. Um, it's like you you like the square. I'm surprised it actually did win the Palm d'Or because um, audience wise, people loved it, but critically wise, people just liked it like it has like a 65 a metacritic so not like a 90 or anything like that that would immediately scream palm door you know it's it was one of those where um it's so weird at can it's the opposite of the oscars where if you win a prize at can bef- during the ceremony you know you can't win the palm door so it's like mm-hmm. cross elimination and i was like okay it's down to armageddon time or triangle of sadness and i don't see james gray anywhere and i see ruben austin right over there so i wonder what's gonna happen and then one at least it wasn't just... another movie that all of us were holding our breaths hoping it wasn't <laughs> the mm-hmm. entire time yeah. we'll get to yeah. later there was i also movie. knew beforehand that james gray wasn't invited to the award ceremony so i was mm-hmm. like okay i probably didn't win anything <laughs> That too. That's also uh, one of those things where, uh, yeah, the little intel we get kind of helps. So, yeah. No, but um, I saw this one Saturday morning. So it was an 8 a.m. screening. Saturday, the last day. The, the, the good thing is the last day of the festival. They play every movie again one more time. So you got you know, one last opportunity. I saw this one that Saturday morning screening was the first one in line because with the time zone shift, um, I'm not tired in the morning there. It's so... I got the best seat in the house. Uh, I was like, I am ready to see this. It was, it's the one great thing about Cannes is you watch, you know, Triangle of Sadness with about 400 other people who are very excited to see it in a theater. But if I went and saw it when it releases here in October, in Minneapolis, I'll see it with eight other people on a Wednesday afternoon. Would not be as fun. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad I saw it with a bunch of people who really, really were enjoying it. A lot of people didn't seem to enjoy it. Um, that was, I mean, they were loving, we were rounds of applause during the movie, so much laughter. I mean, it was, uh, the audience favorite. You could definitely tell is like, yes, if, if there was a TIFF audience prize for can, this would be the definitive winner. So, wow. 
Uh, it's very, you know, um, obviously you, um, of course, by Ruben Austin the Square. So you kind of already know it's a social satire. Um, it's a cruise ship for super rich people, all super obnoxious, but super hilarious as well. And then once the ship gets um, shipwrecked, we'll say on an island, the whole social hierarchy starts to flip where if you're an oil baron, um, you don't have as much worth as the cook or a fisherman now who is on the ship who you were bullying on the ship. So the whole the whole uh, situation gets reversed and it's done for um, comedic effect and everything. And it's a lot of, I wouldn't say cringe comedy, but like that kind of, you get a little bit of secondhand embarrassment because you can relate to it, uh, unfortunately, to it. Oh, don't so. say that. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, I hate cringe. But it's but it's 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 not like on that level. It's not like um, uh, Kirby enthusiasm where you're just like, oh god, oh god. I mean, this is um a little more um um what do you want to call it? Hijinks to it, or not as um in reality, but it's still quite funny, and you can relate to it. Um, I didn't love it. It was, I think it was what I call like my fourth favorite festival It is two hours and 30 minutes. Um, it really should only be two hours long. It is way too long. I will say that. Um, it does. I mean, it's easy. Um, you can obviously think it's, it's takes, you know, shots at the super rich. I mean, you know, that's, that's easy to do that. It's, it's easy to make fun of wealthy people that are dumb and have money. But it is, you know, obviously very funny to see with the crowd is so much fun. It, it's it's hilarious to see it with the canned crowd where half these people are here are super rich and they're laughing at super rich people being made fun of. Like, obviously, there's like 50 yachts parked outside this theater. Obviously, I don't know anybody who owns them, but like, you know, we're making fun of rich people on yachts when there are rich people on yachts here at this festival. So it's kind of uh, irony on top of the comedy. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> It is. It's a lot of that where it's just like, huh, this is um, a person like me from Minnesota. It's not the same as these people who flew here, private jets and some of them, but I don't know. Um, in terms of Oscars, though, um, it is a weird one where obviously it stars, you know, Woody Harrelson, Harris Dickinson, who's British and other people. So like 90% of this movie is in English, so it would not qualify as a um, best international feature. I don't think so. I wouldn't think so um uh it could be let's see um original screenplay is definitely up there because it is a very much um yeah just i mean that's all the movie is a script 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 there's so many funny lines they talk about how the movie was not improvised at all even though it kind of feels like it, it is but it wasn't like it's all written down so it's very um naturally rhythmic and everything um there's a lot of scenes that are like just 10 minute scenes of a couple having conversation at a table but just back and forth back and forth and it's very entertaining best director for ruben Oslund, i don't know about that one just because the movie is i wouldn't say the most well directed it is it is well directed but i wouldn't say you know top five to put in the lineup but like uh, this could be an original screenplay contender best picture i don't know i don't wouldn't think so but you know obviously who knows uh woody harrelson i can't spoil but he's not in the movie a lot so yeah so i wouldn't i wouldn't put him anywhere so this is definitely one of those where like um what i would consider is kind of like the lobster how it was a can movie and then they got a lone screenplay nomination while later the next year or whatever this one could be that where it gets the lone screenplay nomination because of the just wild concept that's going on and the big social message it has yeah that sounds um that sounds about right. Um, yeah, even though I have gone a bit crazy with this one, but uh, I think this movie is like probably going to be. I, I mean, I mean the way you talked about it, it's it sounds like my thoughts about the square, in a way. Yeah, but for whatever reason, this movie sounds a lot more unhinged, and I'm just like, okay, I want that. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes me. I, 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 I. Um, this year's can where every director pretty much the, uh, had a movie in. I hadn't seen any of their movies before. Like obviously, Ruben Oslin, I know his movies, but I just haven't seen them. So I was like, I'm just gonna do it this year. Where every movie I see a can, I'm gonna kind of do it. it's like okay, if I liked the Triangle Sadness, I'm gonna watch his other movies, or if I liked Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future, I'll watch the rest of his movies and stuff. So I'm really actually excited to visit the Square and um Force Majeure as well. So. I heard yeah. Force Majeure is really good. I need to see that. 
Yeah, yeah I've seen I've seen the American remake of it downhill, which sucks. Yeah, so I was like, well, that's, I was like, that's how <laughs> that's how bad of a cinephile I've seen the dumb American remake of this brilliant movie, probably. So. Yep, same. Yeah. But yeah. I haven't even uh, seen that one. Oh, well, you don't have to. It's, yeah. it's not worth it. I won't. <laughs> Which I, I would think Triangle Sadness is going to play around a lot of places. It's definitely an audience movie. Like, if you could see this with a big crowd, it makes it much more enjoyable. So it'll probably play at a ton of other festivals down the fall, you know, like TIFF or probably Telluride and stuff. It'll run the gamut. Yeah, yeah. bet. All right. I think it is, it's, what is it, Neon that has this movie? So they got, Yes, you know, it's Neon. Neon yeah. they, they'll, I think the, the smart way is just just... Just play the movie, and if people obviously the voters will watch it with a crowd of people, and they'll have a fun time, and that'll really help. So, all right, bet, bet, bet. All right. Um, then let's move on to the Grand Prix, which of course was a tie. I'll start with the first film in that tie, which is uh, Close by uh, one Lucas Daunt. Mm-hmm. The film I watched uh, for this challenge is this movie called Girl. And it was horrible. <laughs> mm. But this one I've heard yeah. is significantly better. This one I have not seen. Um, yeah, I have not seen Girl. I've heard very mixed things where it's got great reviews and then it's got terrible reviews. So I'm like, well, I don't know if I'll see that one. But I did see Close. Um, I wanted to get in the world premiere for it, but wasn't able to. I just saw it the next day, which is totally fine. Um, yeah, this one was bought by A24, I think like literally 24 hours before it premiered. So that really put some, uh, expectations, you know, that A24 got it. So, yeah, they have like, um, 20, uh, they have like 20 million movies. Currently. Yeah. Which, um, for Oscar wise for close, I don't know if that's good or bad that A24 has it. Cause obviously everything, everywhere all once is going to be their big push. So how much, how much effort can they put into this foreign language film that isn't I mean, it's a good movie but obviously isn't a fun movie you know it's a definitely a tragedy so it's not it's hard it's hard it's a harder sell so i mean we I, all know I, a24 I, has campaigning problems so i don't think we should be that too is so now. that's why i was like that's why i was like oh they bought it good for them because it's usually you know usually the most uh just uh, acquisitions out of can are by lesser studios or sorry distributors and this was a big pickup so but then i was worried so i don't know yeah, um, I liked the movie. I was one of the lower people on it than most, but I still like it. It's beautifully filmed and has an excellent score. I mean, that's the one problem right now. I want I watched the movie and like I want to listen to the score, but I can't until it comes out, and that's not for months. So I'm like, oh, I just gotta wait. It's the worst it's only... thing about uh, festivals where you see a movie early and the score is so good or the soundtrack is so good, and you have no way to find out. Like mm-hmm. what a song was. Oh, it's it's yeah. the worst feeling. Uh, and the, uh, the cinemat- yeah, this the cinematography is absolutely gorgeous in the movie. Um, there's just one clip on YouTube about it that it's like a tracking shot through a Belgian like I don't know flower field or anything. It's so beautiful. I'm like, oh yes, it opens very well. It's about uh two uh 13 year old boys, I think. They have a very uh to use the title, close relationship. Um they you know sleep at each other's houses. They they're basically twin brothers. I mean they don't look at but they they spend all their time together all day all the time. And then when they go to school, kids at school being you know thirteen year old kids kind of start questioning as they go, oh, are you friends? Are you more than friends? And then one of the one of the boys kind of takes a little bit of offense to that, and one just kind of brushes it off. But um, because you're being perceived as gay it's not very cool to be gay as a 13 year old so he starts doing more masculine things starts distancing himself from the other friend starts he takes up ice hockey because that's the cool thing to do and this kind of hurts the um other friend he he feels betrayed he's like just because one comment you don't want to be friends with me we had something special and then from there a um, I don't want to reveal it obviously something happens that totally just turns the movie that is the pivotal moment in the movie the whole second half is about that event so um, it's definitely I kind of feels like it was like waves the Tred- Trey Edward Schultz movie where the first half and the second half are two kind of distinctly different movies with the event in the middle being the uh, point where it flips so 
kind of like that movie where like waves i love the first half it's probably the best first half of movie of that year and then the second half not so much i still liked it that kind of goes with this one with um this the, the first half of the movie i loved and the second half of the movie i wasn't totally on board for i think is a little repetitive there and a little um like i heard from people um george you because you watched girl you might be able to comment on like um lucas don't kind of it feels like he's like just punishing his characters. He's not like Lars von Trier where he's just like beating up on his own characters, but it's a little too much of misery poor and it goes on in it. And that's a little bit what happens here in the second half. Not too bad, but like, uh, it's a little bit from much Mariah tastes a little excessive. Yeah. Girl has some um, certain events for, uh, that are basically just like shock value. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I wouldn't. Not, I wouldn't say it's shock value here, but it, it definitely is. Like, it was like, oh, does this scene really need to happen? We've kind of pushing it a little too much here, you know. Yeah, like um, the ending scene of uh, Girl. Like, I'm not going to say what it is on here because it's graphic, but um, it sounds oh, like that oh, that wouldn't be oh, in like Wikipedia summary. Oh. <laughs> yeah, really bad. Yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, I I know the ending. I wasn't ever gonna watch the movie, but I was like, ah, I'm curious about the ending. I was like, oh, okay, I guess. Yeah, that doesn't sound like that's in close. No, no, that's not in close. This is um definitely okay. Okay. He, um I I say Lucas Don't is definitely mature as a director, not uh, totally, but a little more. Like there's a little less excessiveness in this, but still some. So it's like, well, we're making strides here. We're making strides. Like by about your fourth or fifth film, Lucas, you'll be making like masterpieces. You know, you're ma- you're on your way there. <laughs> yeah but the two boys that play the um the one's name is leo one's name is remy um they're both amazing like you know obviously child actors are i mean 13 year old are they child stuff but like that's always a hard thing to do and they are impeccable in the movie it is great performances from both so obviously no child is um ever a contender for best actor or anything but they should be but it, <laughs> it won't so yeah, uh, a little more tonally balanced, a little more restraint, I guess, in places than this would have been probably the best film of the festival. I mean, some people still thought it was to tie for second place. There's a lot of people who loved way more than I did. Well, mm. Good thing with A24, people will be able to see it um, sometime this year. It won't be like, you know, just held out for April of 2023 and just kind of <laughs> no release. So <laughs> at least it, it will be, it will come out. Yeah. Uh, girl was selected as Belgium's uh foreign language entry, so yeah, probably will be too. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm like, I wonder. So, Belgium has the Darden movie and the new uh, this movie, so I think they've submitted the Dardens probably a dozen times. I'm pretty sure they'll probably do this one, especially since A24 bought it. There's yeah, so this, yeah. this one. I could see it getting nominated, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past it just because it is such an emotional movie that people could respond to. So yeah yeah it's it's definitely possible i would I'll, I'll keep that in the back of my mind yeah i would hope the score would be um considered as well i don't uh, know how that'll happen but i would love it so i'm waiting and waiting to, for them to release it's so like a mark in my calendar when the score will be available it's <laughs> <laughs> so like listen to it oh damn i, wish, I, I wish i, I had... was gonna say have you met the sound brand do you think it would ever nominate a composer who's not in their club no, yeah, I don't know. I mean, so, Emil Mosseri. Emil Mosseri. That is true. That is true. And they he was on mean, his way, though, to, to joining that. Okay, with Jermaine Franco. True. There you go. Yeah, but the French yeah. is very pretentious, though. They're, like, one of the most pretentious branches. Like, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. So, I would say ceiling for this movie, the best, best day would be a international feature and then maybe, like, a score nomination, which... Both would be very, very happy with me. So, all right. Um, so then let's get to the other Grand Prix winner. Ah. Oh boy, I'm uh, I'm very curious about this one. Stars at noon. Yeah, not, yeah, not the not the stars at noon. Just stars at noon. I don't know how they did that. <laughs> uh, I, I I I like Claire Denny as a filmmaker. Um, from what I've seen from her. At least um, I, I, I heard a lot of the reactions from this one, specifically the first line that Margaret Qualley says to Joe Allen. And I'm like, what? 
The line in question is, your skin is so white, it's like fucking a cloud. Her yeah, that is, that is... is... Her older films are better, but her newer films aren't, like, very great. So yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of her new work. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I will. Yes, I'll have to put a disclaimer. The only Clarinet film I've seen is High Life. So I, I, I feel bad judging a um, mostly international director on their English feature films. So I'm like, oh, I haven't given them a fair shake. But um, based off the two movies I've seen, this included, I am not a fan. So you've seen also another English movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've seen her two English films. So I'm like, well, I, I, she's probably got much better ones, obviously. So I, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt in the end but so far not 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 working out yes yes over my two years at the festival i would say this is the only one movie that i've given like that i've said that was a bad movie i did not enjoy that one at all so unfortunately Yeesh. uh yeah the first problem the first thing is um was very confusing for me is um it's adapted from a book that's set during the 1980s nicaraguan revolution and then in this, I have the official can program here in my hands that it says it's set in present day. But then when you go to IMDb, it says it's set in the 1980s. But then when you go to some reviews, some people can't agree either. So it's, it's, it's really weird. But uh, first off, it is not set in the 1980s. In the very minute, first minute movie, she's using a smartphone that has a mask on because of COVID-19. So I was like, okay, well, it is definitely not 1986. <laughs> So obviously, um, this is also an A24 movie. They provided some misinformation to some people or some people just because it's based on a book that was in the 80s. So maybe some people just got it wrong. But it was very weird. Very weird. (laughs) But it's one of those movies besides smartphones and, you know, the stuff in there that is very much um, you would you couldn't tell this movie is made 20. It could be said in the 1980s. You know, it could be. And that's kind of clear to me. I've read is she's very much time and place are not you know the number one priority for her. it's a little more of a vibe movies this one is very much a vibe movie a vibe that i was not on so <laughs> uh it's, i did see it saturday it was right after triangle sadness so it was the last movie i saw all festival so too bad i didn't end on a better note that's okay um it is very much uh plot is not exactly the whole is not exactly the reason you watch this movie, it's about Margaret Qualley is a, I would say a failed journalist. She's in Nicaragua. She kind of makes her, she just has sex with um, uh, powerful military figures and other people to, to, she has connections that gets her by and stuff. And she meets Joe Alwyn, who's a mysterious figure. He works for the CAA. He doesn't ever say that, but you definitely, and she knows it. Margaret Qualley knows it. That he does and you don't exactly know what he's doing he's doing something and he needs to leave the country and he's good looking and he's got money so you know why not and then they go on the run they fall in love instantaneously even though really you never feel the chemistry between them. there's like seven sex scenes in this movie too so it kind of <laughs> i feel like claire denise like they're gonna love each other and you're gonna see it we're gonna keep doing this until you feel and i never really felt it that they were very good it's a very slow movie it's very it's what two hours and 20 minutes it's quite long um there was about 20 to 30 people who walked out of it during the movie not that i wouldn't say that's it was the last saturday people were probably tired and it's like the sixth time it's played during the festival so people already kind of knew what to expect so it's very much um not a very audience-friendly movie um there's the was uh let's see uh the the the, the script um there's quite a few just bad lines of dialogue in this movie um there's one scene it's like the fifth or sixth sex scene in this movie they're just laying there in the bed and joe alwyn just leans oh, over Lord. to marquette and just says suck me and he says it's so flat and she has no reaction and then it, and then it just and then it just cuts and i'm just like what and that people were laughing so loud because that was so weird. It was like, what the hell? Three people wrote this movie. It was yeah. There was I was like, I know it's not your first language or anything, but it was just like, what? It's just like okay. And then John C. Riley has a cameo, has like Chris's boss or Margaret Quay's boss at a magazine, and it's 
really embarrassing how he's in the movie. It's like a, it's a, they're on a Zoom conversation, but you could tell John Cirelli's talking to nobody. He's just in the backyard, just talking to a screen, recording and sending it off. And like, uh. And then Benny Safdie plays a CIA agent who just kind of shows up, and you're not really sure what he's doing. And it, he's like, I want to help you. You should out your, uh, you know, boyfriend. He's doing bad things, but we don't know what he's doing. And I'm like, I. I don't know. That's like a seventy percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, that too. I I remember because like people had great reviews for it. I'm like, really? I don't. I mean, it's nothing works as it should be. Like especially for you know a director like Claire Denis, where it's very much highly regarded. I'm like, I don't. Why is this none of this working? But I know I heard reports that obviously Joe Alwyn, who's not very good in the movie, he was the third choice behind Robert Pattinson and Taron Egerton. Both of those guys would have been better, but they would not save the movie. And honestly, I'm glad Robert Pattinson isn't in this. <laughs> but then also I heard that, you know, the editing was very much down to the wire. Like they had to finish it, you know, like just a couple of days before it premiered. So I was like, well, that might have be a reason why the editing is very fragmented and nothing's really connecting. Yeah, Denise said that in an interview. <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, well, I mean, for the people stateside who get to see in a couple of months, maybe the editing will be fixed by then. I was like, well sucks to me i guess but whatever <laughs> i'm not watching this movie again i don't care so oh, don't see riley's in this oh, cool yeah he's yeah it's yeah it's not a good cameo so and then it's just it was just very embarrassing not an embarrassing movie but slightly embarrassing and hugely disappointing where i was just like so many good people in this movie and it just doesn't work at all and it's not interesting and and I will, I will give it um it was you know after eleven movies in three days and the last one's a two and a half hour slow movie my attention span and like tolerance is a little little low so I will give it a little bit of that um you can put in my bias towards it but if I had seen it you know, it was the first movie I'd see maybe I would give it like a five out of ten not a four out of ten but you know <laughs> it is it is what it is you know I can only do so much. <laughs> Are you gonna rewatch it when it comes out? Uh, I do not plan to no Uh, unless they said it's like been reworked and is um, much better now or something maybe I will but I do not plan to I do not see any Oscar potential for it not that Claire Denis has ever been an Oscar player so yeah this this will be A24's A24's like ninth priority this year so I'm like "Eh, no I don't even think that not honestly (laughs) just watch it come out next year Honestly. Oh, that too. Like it'll Honestly, be, it'll could. be def. They could just hold it till like March of 2023. I was like, sure, like that'd be fine. They have other priorities, so yeah. yeah. Oh man. Well, I kind of still want to. I was just, just yeah. I mean, I won't. I wouldn't stop seeing it. I was hugely shocked when it won the second place prize. I was like, what? The movie, the one movie I like did not like at all. I got second place. Like, ugh. Okay. Oh well. God damn. So they also yeah, I, I think a couple of people brought up that they probably also wanted to award Claire Denis because people can only win like their film can only win like one award. So that Yeah, yeah. That they also I, I just can't remember which podcast I was listening to, but they say that also kind of comes into who gets what because movies can only win like one award so yeah it's 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 the weirdest thing where if you win um one prize you can only if you win the palm d'Or, you can't win anything else which is very shocking like obviously with the oscars and best picture you got to win at least three four other prizes you know <laughs> to, to win it you would think but this one's like nope if you win something you are disqualified so i guess they like spreading the wealth i guess that's a good thing <laughs> yeah well because i remember reading is um was it i think it was barton fink um, one like the Palme d'Or best director best actor and best screenplay and they kind of got pissed I was like oh this movie won every prize like that's not very fun so they, they made a rule so damn but the yeah. jury definitely won to award it because the second place was a tie third place was a tie they created a special award just for the Darden movies like they were you know they wanted to give every movie something this year yeah clearly <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> All right, well, uh, let's move on to what I assume is a far better film. Oh, man. I'm so excited. Uh, this is, we're coming on my most anticipated film of the entire year. The Best Director winner, Park Chan-wook for Decision to Leave. Oh, man. Yes. Oh, I don't love, worry. We're... I love all of 
everything that I've seen of him so far. I think there's honestly a, like a, a, a decent case to make that Park Chan Wook is better than Bong Joon Ho. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Old boy, the yeah. handmaiden, thirst, joint security area. Just, I mean, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Great that I haven't seen Stoker, but you know. Well, Georgia, Georgia International Director by the English Features is not always the best. So, yeah. No, yes, yes. Um, yeah, The Handmaiden is one of my top five movies of all time. Like, I absolutely love that movie so much. So, I was very yeah. anticipated for this. Uh, and then, you know, we're going from Stars and Noon, which I least favorite movie, to my favorite movie. Yes, uh, Decision to Leave was my favorite movie of this festival. It was so much fun. I thought you were going to be like, oh, I fucking hated it, man. Oh, that, that, would, that would suck. Oh, I'd be, I wouldn't come on the podcast. I'd still be mourning because I was like, oh. I feel so bad for George. Oh, yeah. No, it was a great movie. I loved it so much. Um, yeah, the, the, the one thing is I saw this on Thursday. And the problem is, can is there's a ticketing thing, online tickets, so you get a guaranteed spot. But the problem is, they run it so poorly. It is the worst website I've oh, ever I've seen. seen. So many people complain about this on Twitter. Oh, it's so bad. So like <laughs> oh, the first so couple of days of the festival, like I have no tickets. I'm going there. I have no reserved seats, spots for anything. I'm not worried because everything works out, and it did. But it's just like one of those where they're like all right, all tickets drop at 7 a.m. So obviously all, you know, thousands of us are going to go on the website at 7 a.m. Well, their website that holds, you know, 200 people can't have that. So, but so, okay. So you have to go to the first come first serve line to get into decision to leave. And it's right after Armageddon time, like Armageddon time ends 10 minutes later, decision to leave. And obviously the line for decision to leave started like two hours before. So like, oh God, there's no way I'm going to be able to see it. I'm going to have to sacrifice like two other movies to make time on Saturday. I don't want to do this. So I pulled the somewhat dickish move. <laughs> make sure I could see decision. Amazing. Leave. Amazing. That's awesome. Or you're not I did be invited back next year now. Be like, nope. So yes, do not send this to the official can people don't ask for publicity. They can't know that I did that. I was like, I'm not coming all the way from America to not see this movie. I am pulling out all the stops here. Well, yeah. I'm going to leave Danny from Cannes next year now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get an email later. I'm like, oh, that's probably why. It's like, oh, well. But anyway, uh, yeah, anyway, the actual movie. Yeah, you might want to know about that one. Um, yes, very much. The actual movie, surprisingly, next to Triangle Sadness, the funniest movie of the festival as well. Surprisingly, very funny, along with being a just straight procedural like crime procedural um when i did the review for it um what i kind of said is it's as if hitchcock directed phantom thread kind of that kind of oh relationships going on yeah so like obviously phantom thread is uh i could oversimplify and say it's a toxic relationship but you kind of know what i'm talking about that's kind of what's at play here in decisionally between the suspect and the detective that's on the case trying to solve the mystery around her husband's death so and it's very much you know noirish um obviously like with all hitchcock movies they're surprisingly funny as well this one is all the there's there's a lot of great lines for like 20 minutes in the movie i was like i have laughed like eight times so far i was not expecting this at all so but it's just hugely entertaining it's um very much i like stars at noon i will not see a second time this movie i would very much want to see a second time because it is kind of um there's a lot of twists there's a lot of plot twists there's a lot of uh things that happen that i was like i'm 70 percent sure i know what's going on here but i don't exactly know but i'm very happy that um the, you know the puzzles coming together in a satisfying way i will see it again to make sure i knew what happened so that one it's Definitely one of those movies where you could like um, all Park Chan Wook movies are just fun. So this one you could sell to people. It's like it's just a really fun crime mystery movie that's got a funny edge to it. So yeah, um, and obviously it's got a director's um, what do you call it? fingerprints. You know, you could very much see like this is just a very well directed movie. And I was I was betting on this one winning best director because I was like they want to award Park Chan Wook, and this is very much like a director showcase movie flashy editing back and forth stuff's going on there's a lot of tracking shots there's just a lot of stuff going on he just has a very masterful um craft behind it yeah 
I, I, so get ex- yeah. get excited. There you go. Oh, oh, I've watched the trailer like 700 times already. Mm. I only watched it I... for months. Yeah, I, I watched it. I just watched it the one time. I was like, I'm not going to see it, so I can't spoil it. I, I'm now I've watched it like 10 times afterwards. I was like, oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm really hoping this best director win gets Park Chan Wook some, you know, motivation to get nominated for a best director at the Oscars. I really hope he does. He, of all the things that should be nominated for, I think it really he is the big thing behind it because he is the star of the show, this movie. Uh, I let's see other categories like uh, well, the problem is with um, the other movie from South Korea, Broker, which. Uh, also won a big prize and it was a great movie. That's also South Korean. So South Korea's got a hard decision to make which one to submit. Either or I could see getting nominated because they're both very much entertaining and big movies, so big international films. And then Park Chan-wook could get nominated for director, I would hope. It'd be that kind of Pavel Pavlikovsky nomination where he gets in and the movie gets in or um, not to the extent of drive my car last year where it'll get me. I don't know if a best picture is in play for this one. I could see it. I mean, we still got what six, seven, eight months till Oscar time. So obviously if this movie just plays and plays and plays until then it could really pick up steam. So it's obviously out of can last year. I would not have picked drive my car to be the big one that goes on, but it just, just kept going. So hopefully this movie can have that. This one's much more flashy than drive my car though. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Oh my goodness. The great thing is just it's just so much goddamn fun to watch it too, though. It's like it's just very energizing. Like it was like the fourth movie I saw on Thursday, and I was like, "Whew! I'm ready. I'm energized. Let's go watch another one. Let's go." Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I'm easily my most hyped. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I can't wait till it comes out. So then we're going down on the uh, Wikipedia page for Can mm-hmm. um, Best Actress. Um, I'm going to butcher this name. Zahar Amir Ibrahimi for the movie Holy Spider from the director of Border. Yeah. Uh, the poster for this one looks sick. Um, yeah. So it's, 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 I'm, I'm kind of surprised that's the poster. It's not, I mean, it's kind of, how the movie is but it's it's not it doesn't she you know it's kind of this the poster looks like it's a punk kind of movie it's not exactly that but it's a great poster yes yeah yeah this is the final movie i watched on my last day of the festival i watched crimes of the future that thursday night that was the fourth movie and this is the fifth movie i watched that it started like 11 30 at night so but I watched oh, Crimes of the Future. I'm like, okay, this one's playing right after. The line's not long. I'll get in this one. And there was nobody in line for this movie. Because obviously it's an 1130 movie, so probably not. But So I kind of just took it as a eh, 50-50. I'll see it. I won't. And I did see it. I'm very glad I did. It's a very good movie. It is dark, dark, dark. It is very much a dark crime thriller about... I think it's a true story. Um, I'm going to say it is um, about a man in Iran who kind of a religious zealot was purifying the holy city of Mossad by killing prostitutes. He killed like 17 prostitutes within like a year. And so this is the story of the the woman on the post of the female journalist who's on the case to try to catch him because obviously the police are not doing a very good job at it. So she's on the covering the story and trying to find them and then it's a dual kind of timeline movie where half the movie is spent we're cutting back and forth between the the killer um how he's rationalizing it and he's just a family man and happens to kill 17 women and then the how the female journalist is trying to find him and it's we watch a lot of the kills happening and they're very grim and very realistic and and then the ending of the movie, though, he gets caught. Obviously, it's a true story, but the way it unfolds at the end is very um, not satisfying. It's very much not the you know usual, we caught the killer, you know, satisfying movie ending. It is, we caught him, but here are the lingering effects of this guy doing what he did and kind of inspiring other people to commit crimes as well. He kind of became a poster child for... Um, religious zealots and copycat criminals so it was very much a warning of how um you know how this kind of behavior is spreading throughout the islamic world by 
Ali Abbasi, the director, who's Islamic. I think he's from Iran too, even though he makes most of his movies in like Sweden, I think. So obviously a best actress winner, very deserved for her. Um, I'm very glad she won. She actually totally deserved it. And yeah, it's a not a like close. Obviously, um, Decision to Leave is very fun and entertaining. This movie is great, but it is very dark and not um it's not like a nice cheerful movie, right? Like nice yeah, it's not <laughs> not cheerful. It is. There's a lot of things that happen where it's very well done, but you're like, oh my god, this is like this is something. This is heavy stuff. So, um, what country? I think it is Iranian production. So I think it is. So obviously he makes yeah uh well it says Denmark Germany Sweden and France okay I I don't know then I don't know which country has it but um definitely it'll probably get submitted by them and there's usually a couple that show up. I could see it happening it's uh, the hard part is how many dark movies are going to get in I don't know so yeah we'll see yeah but it definitely one to check out. Like it's not you know high. You don't have to. It's not like the must see of the festival. But definitely one of the upper tier ones. I thought. Yeah, I'm pretty and curious I, about it. I I didn't even have it on the high priorities. Like yeah, I'll just check it out. And I was like, oh, I'm very glad I did. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we'll go down to the best actor winner, which was uh, Broker Song Kang Ho. Um, I have seen uh, Shoplifters from Korea. I thought it was phenomenal. Uh, I really want to watch uh, his other movies, especially Nobody Knows and Still Walking. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, and Song Kang-ho is one of my favorite actors. So yeah, yes. so tell us about that one. Yeah, I mean, that one got the best reaction out of the crowd at the closing ceremony. I was at that one when they announced Song Kang-ho won. I mean, people got up, stood up and applauded. So I was like, they really love Song Kang-ho, just the whole... Twitter uh, was so excited. Oh yes, I mean he <laughs> definitely deserved it. He's he's so good in the movie. Um, I didn't even I have not seen any Korea films. I should see Shoplifters. I say that, but I actually remembered like two days ago I did see The Truth, his English language film, which I really oh, yeah. liked. Just watching all of the English language films of all these. I know. I was just like, oh god, I was like, I'm so bad. I'm watching all these movies. You sh- not shouldn't watch but not the ones they're known for and i actually really like the truth but i forgot i was like oh yeah that came out in like july 2020 i was like that's why i forgot it's just a pandemic dump i was like oh yeah so don't worry i'm gonna go back and watch shoplifters i'm gonna go watch these other movies but yeah but yep yeah, oh broker um uh next to decision to leave my second favorite film this festival so south korea definitely won the festival i think for me Obviously, Korea is Japanese, but this is a South Korean film with South Korean actors that takes place there. So uh, it's about a woman who leaves a baby, an unwanted baby, kind of like the old um, kind of trope where you leave the baby at the fire station. But like in Korea, they have an actual office for that where you drop off unwanted babies. So but there's two workers at the, the facility that then steal the baby. Uh, and then decide they're going to sell it off to uh, just sell it off themselves because the success rate in orphanages in South Korea is like extremely low to be adopted. So they see themselves as kind of, you know, heroes. Like if you steal a baby from an orphanage and then sell it off, it's going to go to a better home than it would if it took the chance to be adopted. But then other people would be like, well, you're stealing babies and selling them for profits. So that's, you know, not very ethical as well. So it's very much that whole ethical um, dilemma going on which is where the title comes from the the mother comes back for the baby surprisingly and she calls them brokers like they're just opportunists looking for profit even though that's not how they see it and then they become a ragtag family kind of like all of Corey's films that i that i know of haven't seen sorry <laughs> sounds that, similar that, to shoplifters yes it's very much similar to shoplifters where it's like you know a uh, family comes out of un- or surprising situations where all these strangers come together and make a nice happy family um it's very lighthearted. there's the whole time there's two police officers tailing them trying to catch them in the act of selling babies because obviously that's illegal uh, it's not a perfect movie as in like obviously there should be an ethical debate uh and about like you know should you be stealing babies and selling them off even if it is for the greater good but Coriata never really thinks they're villains he's very much on the side of like these are good people and Obviously, with Song Kang Ho, you really like him. He's a very likable guy. So I'm not going to see him as a villain. So even if it's not as perfectly um, balanced uh, as it should be, it is a fun movie. It's very touching. 
has a lot of great uh it's got a great score the same guy who did parasites and also the same cinematographer as parasite i think the same editor as parasite so it's like the parasite crew is back you know for this one uh yeah that's about what i had it's a yeah fun light-hearted family kind of movie it's very much shoplifters 2.0 is what i've heard from people who see it uh not as great as that one but still a great movie nonetheless so i was expecting it to win maybe like screenplay prize or something like that or like their you know the grand prix and then song king owing best actor is very nice so <laughs> i ended I, up for best actress instead for iu oh there you go uh i i would really like song king ho to get into best actor but i I know that's very difficult for uh, international feature films to get into lead actor categories, and especially if you couldn't get nominated for Parasite, which well, that could the be that could be a just ju- racist. The Academy's well, just racist. Could do Hope, maybe maybe the goodwill from like oh we did nominate for Parasite, we have to get him in now. Maybe that'll play out over like the next couple months of Twitter and all those people just keep like hammering like Song Kang Ho, Song Kang Ho. Maybe, but. I wouldn't put money on it just because best actor is always pretty crowded. And I, you know, with Leonardo DiCaprio's and all them people up there, I don't know how much he can break in. Yeah. Even though he should, he really, really should. And like other actors too, like the, um, I don't know their names, but the other lead actor, you might've said him actually. Um, I thought he was great too. The supporting actress, she plays the mother of the baby. Um, she's great as well. She's like a pop star or something. Like she was some star. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, she was great as well. I didn't even know. Like, oh, I wouldn't even have figured like she was. I thought she would just be an actress. She was so good. Oh. And um, was it Duna Bay? I think she's 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 been in other movies as well. I know I've heard her name before. She was she plays one of the police officers. She was great. So it's good one. But the best movies I did get to get a picture with uh, Corieta um at the end of the festival after the closing ceremony i ran into him on the street like just bumped into him and like almost screamed because like oh my god so i I got a picture with him on the way out so that was nice that's awesome so now i I have to watch his movies now because like well i i could i didn't have the heart to tell him that i was like i have only watched your english language movie (laughs) but i saw i saw your new movie and i really liked it so i i told him i liked his movie and Thank you for the picture because he doesn't speak English. So I was like, well, I don't speak Japanese. So we're kind of stuck there. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just a five second picture. I was just like, I held up the phone and he took it and he was off. So I was very happy for that. So I was like, hey, now it's my life school. I have to watch all those movies now. <laughs> Woohoo. Yay. All right. So I think we've gone through all the award winners that you saw. So mm. from there, I'll just go through everything else that you watched. Yeah uh sort of uh the american movie armageddon time i watched that uh, james gray which i've seen four of his movies before three of his movies like i've seen the immigrant which i vehemently hated at the time which maybe i'll like now but um but i watched you know lost city of z and ad astra are both one of my favorites of that year i both love those movies and this was a good movie i i think it's very much does it not reinvent the wheel it's coming of age movie 1980s new york you kind of know what you're getting, you know, oh, the kid does this, you know, has some family troubles. He's growing up, you know, and all that. So doesn't reinvent the wheel. It's sweet. It's simple. Uh, Anthony Hopkins is absolutely amazing of it. I don't know how he'll factor in the race with this and the, um, the son, the new Florian Zeller film, but he would be deserving of a supporting actor nomination. Anne Hathaway is good. Jeremy Strong is good. He sounds and looks exactly like Ray Romano in the film. It's scary how much he literally sounds like him, but oh my god, yeah. yeah. Uh, what have they done to Kendall? Yeah, it is I'm like I obviously they didn't release any footage beforehand, so I didn't know what to expect. And right when he like the first couple of times he said something, I was like, wait a minute, is that what he sounds like? I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, obviously, him and Hathaway will not get any attention because it's just James Gray is not an Oscar director, so you know, obviously already on the disadvantage front, but. They're going to be buried under Hopkins. People are going to love him. So, yeah. Uh, I don't see much of a Oscar play for this. Maybe, you know, Hopkins and Bust or Bust. I don't even know who's distributing this one. Was it? It's oh, Focus. No, it's, fo- it's Focus Features because the Universal Studios logo or like 
um that usual dun 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 you know like the the world planet thing that came up before the movie which is so weird to feel to see in france like obviously before jurassic world it'll play but not before this yeah so yeah i i i don't think anyone's gonna call this one the best of the year i think everyone's just calling it a good movie so yeah which i i liked it. i think it was what third fourth fifth best of the festival i liked it so uh moving notes i saw crimes of the future which we don't have to expel too much about because everyone else has pretty much seen it at this point so that was okay yeah uh, i've seen i've, I've yeah uh, i see all the i've seen like what seven cronenberg movies over the last two weeks so that was the one that was the first binge i've done i watched all those movies and it's maybe lower middle of the pack for me um what's your favorite my favorites, um, obviously, if you know what movies I like, uh, this one would be surprised. My favorite is um, A Dangerous Method. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah. That one uh, looks really good, though. Yeah. No, I have Michael Fassbender is my favorite actor. So, uh, like, I was like, oh, a period piece with uh, Michael Fassbender? Oh, well, all right. That's already a great movie. I don't even have to watch it. And I, I really did like it. But I liked, um, I do like most of Cronenberg's movies. So I was kind of disappointed this one was okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was what I, yeah, it was Thursday night. I saw it. A lot of people seem to really like it. I was, yeah. Uh, I understand the love for it. Yeah, I could understand <laughs> people like it. I was just like, there's a lot of world building here. And that's what 90% of this movie is. I was like, well, something gonna. Could have been you know, so much better. Yeah, I something... think it's, it's more interesting in concept than it is the Maybe actual. I'm the lowest on it here, aren't I? I only give it a five out of 10. I, I like, like it a lot, but it's, I it's definitely. Oh, I didn't not... like it. I didn't like yeah, it. I gave yeah. it like a five, I was, five out of ten. I was like six out of ten. Yeah. I was like, this I is. I didn't like it. I was like, this is all world building. I was like, well, I know there's not going to be a sequel to this. So uh, where are we going here? We got 20 minutes left and not much has happened. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Other ones. Let's see. EO, I did not see for Young. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, showing up, the new Kelly Reichardt film. Um, oh, that was yeah. the. The one world premiere I got to see this year. So um, I wanted to see the broker or close world premiere, but obviously those ones are hot items, commodities. So I couldn't see it. I got to see showing up. So uh, Michelle Williams was there. Kelly Reichardt was there, obviously. So that was nice. Um, movie wise, um, bit of a disappointment for me, but I've also only seen, no, I've seen Wendy and Lucy, which I like, and First Cow, which I really like. So that's why I was like, oh, this wasn't that good. So. It's very much, I mean, Kelly Reichardt films are very slow. I mean, this movie's, the opening credits are like five, six minutes long. There's a whole scene where Michelle Williams is like building a oh. little sculpture and it's like seven minutes long. It's all one take. So I was like, oof. Really so it's a Kelly Reichardt film. It's a Kelly Reichardt <laughs> film, which, <laughs> which if you like Kelly Reichardt, this will be very, um, just the reviews on it are like very high, which, so that's good. It's just one of those movies where it's like, ah, it's too slow for me. It's, not a lot is happening, which obviously people who like it will say that, and people who don't like it will say that nothing happens in this movie, and I just happen to be on the side that wasn't into it. So um, it's about what is it? It's set in Portland. It's about an artist who, you know, just kind of going through life. She's not really um, you know, she's 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 getting good reviews for her work, but nothing's really coming out of it. So she's like, I've been working this job for 10 years, I've been doing all these installations, people love it, but there's no progress being made. So it's kind of that whole, the perseverance of artists. And it kind of, kind of is a commentary on Kelly Reichardt because obviously she makes small films that critics love, but you know, they don't, they're not making a hundred million dollars at the box office for these movies. So yeah. First cow. I would love it if it did, but it didn't. Yeah. So if you like Kelly Reichardt's films, I think you will like this one. I, even though I, I do like, this will absolutely hate it. <laughs> oh, this movie, yeah, this movie is slow. Yeah, slow, slow, slow. It's also again another A twenty four movie. Which the problem was, all three A twenty four movies I saw were on the lower end. I was like, oh, dang it. Oh well. And then let's see. Oh, the very last one here, which was the first movie I saw at the festival, and one I liked was Tchaikovsky's Wife, the new film from let's say Kirill. Sarah Brennikov, let's say if I say that, the Russian yeah. filmmaker, who even though they banned Russian um, people from the festival, he is very much hates the Russian government. He was under house arrest for like three years, so he is a Russian that is not you know part of the Putin regime. So 
but this is a biopic period piece biopic so already you know up my alley so that's why i had to see it um about tchaikovsky's wife obviously the title but tchaikovsky was actually gay in real life but obviously in 1700s russia you could not be gay so you had to marry somebody to cover up so he's um marrying this wife he's not you know affectionate to her or anything she's just in the sham marriage married to this you know literal genius that everyone's hailing up but she's just his side piece that kind of just is there for show it's kind of a miserable life for her it's like two hours and 25 minutes it's a little repetitive and really long but it is the most beautiful beautiful movie of the festival i mean so gorgeous cinematography wise and obviously tchaikovsky's music is amazing so production wise is the best film of the festival but um, I see no future for this movie. I don't even know if it'll get released in America. I mean, this is not going to get any audiences in the theaters. It's definitely one of those movies where if it wasn't a two and a half hour period piece about a Russian musician, I would not have seen it because it just sounds interesting to me, but other people, not so much. And I can, uh, I can uh, see why. And it doesn't even get that good reviews. Actually, I think I'm the one who liked it the most out of everybody. So there's that. I, I was one of the, the, the lower end for close by Lucas Dolan, but I was on the very high end for this movie. So there's that. And I think that's everything I saw. I think I, oh, I saw one. Oh, sorry. Um, Final Cut by Michel Hazanovichus, the um, remake oh, of yeah. one, cut of the, one Cut of the Dead. I did see that Friday night. It was the Midnight Madness screening. And that was, um, I, I liked it just because at that point it was like the ninth film of the festival. And I was just, happy to watch a fun you know after watching like <laughs> after watching like um decision to leave which is another crime movie but it's fun but then you watch like holy spider and other depressing like Tchaikovsky's why it's depressing i was like this is just a fun just laugh out loud comedy so that one on the um little bit of a curve i was creating on but i think everyone says one cut of the dead is better i have not seen that movie i want to now but um yeah uh that one was fun um I wouldn't call it a good movie. I wouldn't even, I, it doesn't, Michelle has an of issues is, for a guy who's one best director, you know, what kind of careers he had. I don't see this winning any fans or anything. So, but it was fun. Yeah. Didn't think so. Uh, did you no, see I, any? Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. Go, go ahead. No, I just watched it because it was at midnight. And no, nothing else was playing at the time. I was like, ah, I ain't tired. I might as well watch this. Why not? Yeah. And sometimes those midnight screenings can be fun because you'll get like the atmosphere is a lot more heightened than oh, if yeah. you saw it in like a regular theater. So you'll have oh, a better yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah, if I saw this movie, it would just be online at my home, which would not be fun. This one was in a packed house of people, mostly French people who probably got more of the jokes than I did. So they were laughing out loud at pretty much every line. So it was making it a lot more fun. And at that point, I had slept like three hours over like three days. So I was like, ah, I'll laugh at anything now. I'm kind of... I'm out of it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, did you watch anything um, out of competition or was everything you watched in competition? Everything I watched was in competition. Um, yeah. Uh, it was, I, there wasn't too much that um, interested me that was out of competition enough to lure me away, nor was there anything that was at the, a, a good time. Every time there's a movie that I was sort of interested in, there was something else more interesting playing. So I had to prioritize. So, yeah, because I was like, gonna... uh, uh, hey. Riley Keough's debut, that one best debut feature. So that was nice. I- I've heard that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'm also, I was also very curious about After Sun. Mm-hmm. That one I didn't even hear anything about beforehand. And then once I like got to the festival, like once I was there, I just started hearing like all this big buzz, like after sun, after sun, after sun. I was like, I don't even know what this movie is. And everyone loves it. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and I think there's only like one screening. And it was during like during the day, like at around like decision to leave and all that. I was like, eh, I guess I'll just see it some other time. And yeah, so I really have no, I mean, I just know what it's about and that it's really good. So yeah, I just saw like the Oscar experience review and I was like, damn. Yeah, it's also another A24 movie. I was like, oh, they're just throwing everything at the wall this this festival. It sort of worked. I mean, Close got a prize. Stars of Noon got a prize. This movie got great reviews, so good for them, I guess. Yeah, A24 was kind of the big winner of the fest. You get a win. Yeah. A24 and Neon were the big winners of the fest. Yeah, and none of those A24 movies will go on Oscars because everything everywhere all once is just 
too much. You, you, you gotta, you gotta yeah. put all your, all your chips down on that one, which rightfully so. Yes. Rightfully, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. All right. Is there anything else anyone wants to talk about in regards to this festival this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I will say, um, um, unlike last year where we did have worst person in the world and drive my car, I don't know what the Oscar, um, translation will be from here to there especially with now there's two more months between the festival and the oscar season because last year was in july so there wasn't as many you know universally acclaimed films because even decision to leave it was really well acclaimed there was some people that didn't love it you know so i i don't exactly know how that one will fit in there so but it still has like the highest meta score of every movie in competition that is true so it was very high so i'm hoping the critics and Obviously, the audiences that see it at the festivals and when it gets released will, um, especially because that one's released by Mubi. So that one's a little. Oh, yeah. That one's a question mark because, like, they have the good products. Let's just see what they can do with it. So, um, yeah. I, 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 unlike, so last year, you know, I predicted some bad ones. I don't know what will happen this year. I don't think it'll be as big of a canned footprint as um, last year. I think last year's a bit of an anomaly in terms of the big splash of movies then so but yes. you know we still got eight months so who knows <laughs> yeah we do still got eight months mm-hmm. uh, I, I i hope you know decisionally becomes a big player or triangle of sadness or eo donkey movie why not you know do love it EO donkey movie i love it i hope so let's get you back know, to close. this picture guys let's get back yeah. to this picture that'd be awesome Fuck every yeah. Movie. Yeah, yeah i hope so all right. Well, I think that kind of uh, puts a little neat little bow on this uh, whole can uh, podcast or second annual can podcast. Hunter, thank you once again for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm uh, I'm glad there's somebody out there that uh, appreciates talking about this one for an hour at late at night. So. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Very hyped. Mm-hmm. And if you like this, you can click right here and get stuck in eyes. 